This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greetings, my friends. Welcome across the Fruited Plain. It is Eric Erickson here. I hope you had a great 4th of July. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Now, let's offend everybody. <laughs> Not everybody. Ben and Jerry's is a awful brand, and I like their ice cream. I don't really eat their ice cream a lot, and it's not because I boycott it. It's just uh, overpriced. It's good ice cream, but it's overpriced, and I don't like their vanilla. You know, so I make homemade ice cream. I do. Uh, my wife and kids every couple of years will give me one big, big gift for my birthday and Father's Day. They're about the same time. And a few years ago, they got me a professional ice cream machine. So it's got the compressor built in. You know, if you make homemade ice cream, you tend to have to chill the container and then make the ice cream. And this one has a compressor built in. And so it can make two quarts of ice cream in about 15 minutes. And I have learned over time, one of the hardest ice creams to make is actually vanilla ice cream because you have to get the balance right in the vanilla that you had. It can be too astringent. It can be too vanilla. It can almost taste chemically. Uh, you got to balance it right. And, and I kind of like my sweet, like on the sweet cream side where there's a hint of vanilla, but not a super strong vanilla. And I think Ben and Jerry's vanilla ice cream that they then use as a base for so many of their ice creams is not as good as what I can make and not as good as a lot of others. And I really do like the homemade bluebell ice cream. You can't get it everywhere, but nonetheless, I, I, I like it better than Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry, however, they, they have put up this tweet. On July 4th, no less, on Independence Day, quote, the United States was founded on stolen indigenous land this 4th of July. Let's commit to returning it. In a similar message on their website, according to the New York Post, the company argued July 4th festivities and celebrations can, quote, distract from an essential truth about this nation's founding. What is the meaning of Independence Day for those whose land this country stole, those who were murdered and forced with brutal violence onto reservations, those who were pushed from their holy places and denied their freedom? The faces on Mount Rushmore are the faces of men who actively work to destroy indigenous cultures and ways of life to deny indigenous people their basic rights. To Ben and Jerry's, I say, so what? First of all, we should note that uh, some parts of this country, the Indians sold the land to the British. But it was the British, the French, and the Spanish, not us, who conquered the land. And then we came along, and, well, we pushed Indians out, the Trail of Tears. This does not undermine that uh, early American settlers and the American nation often treated Indians terribly and conquered their land. But you know what? So what? Should we end the United States of America? 
the land of the free and the home of the brave? No. This is a grievance for which there will be no solution. It is a grievance they can keep alive to pick a scab they wish to pick instead of moving on. Time heals all wounds, and what we find from the left is they want no wound to heal lest they be unable to profit from it festering. That's what's happening here. The, the, the left has started doing this. It, it's, it has become creedal to the left. You know what creeds are? Creeds are religions have things they say in common. They, they have beliefs that they say and they recite. One of the most famous is, of course, the Apostles' Creed in Christianity. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in his Son, Jesus Christ. The Nicene Creed, extremely famous among Christians. This new creedalism on the left is part of their secular religion. It is a religion based on victimology. It is a religion based on white guilt. It is a religion based on self-loathing. It is a religion that has no concept of grace. None. You know, there is no religion on the planet with the concept of grace other than the Christian religion we're all familiar with, that we are given things we do not deserve. I was listening to a clip of, of the late theologian Tim Keller, who I, I had the privilege of knowing and, and uh, liking very much, and Tim Keller was uh, on a sermon about uh, the Israelites out of Egypt, and he points out that God did not give the Israelites the law and said, follow it and I'll rescue it. And he rescued them out of Egypt. And only 19, 20 chapters into the story of Exodus says, all right, now here's the law. He gave them what they did not deserve, freedom, and then later gave them the law. And he would give them mercy. So the difference between mercy and grace is mercy spares you from the things you do deserve, and grace gives you the things you do not deserve. Only Christianity has the concept of grace. We see in the secular religion espoused by Ben and Jerry's, there is no grace here. They're talking about the theft, the supposed theft of indigenous lands. We're talking about the American Indians, which we used to call American Indians. Then we had to call them Native Americans, and now we just call them the indigenous the indigenous people. I'm indigenous to the United States. I was born and raised in the United States. Well, okay, not in fair. I grew up in Dubai, but I'm, I was born here in the United States. If you're listening now, the odds are most of you were born and raised in the United States of America. You are indigenous to America. Now, what's also so notable here is that the left only does this to the United States. Have, have you noticed this? There, there's no call to give native lands back in France. To the original tribal interests of France, the Goths and the Visigoths and, and the Franks and all that. And we say, well, over time, they merged. Well, the Romans came in and brought a lot of Roman settlers in. Italy is it needs to pay reparations to everyone, apparently, for the Roman Empire. It's so dumb, and yet you have people on the left who embrace this nonsense because they want to recognize their white guilt and they want to sound morally superior by denying grace to history and not recognizing the complexities of history. Let me put this to you very bluntly. The land on which you and I rest was not stolen. It was conquered in conquest by people who came from Western civilization who were far more advanced 
developed and superior. They took the land from the native tribes of American Indians and they settled it. And do you know what the Native Americans were doing before the British and the French and the Spanish showed up? They were killing each other and taking each other's land. There are no clean hands here. There was not some Eden into which the white men showed up, which is what the secular left religion wishes you to believe, that without Western civilization, Eden exists. The paradise exists. And the natives were happy vegetarians who loved each other and did not have a carbon output or carbon footprint and all was fine until Whitey showed up from Europe and everything went to hell in a handbasket. No. Do you know the Aztec were filthy, child-sacrificing murderers? They were not some sort of idealistic people. In fact, native non-Aztec tribes worked with the Spanish to eradicate the Aztec because the Aztec believed in human sacrifice and were killing everybody. Further up in North America, you know, Ben and Jerry's talks about Mount Rushmore. I forget the name of the tribe that had the land where Mount Rushmore is. And do you know what? They killed off another tribe and took the land from them. So do we give it back to the murderous tribe or the tribe that got murdered? Who do we do? No, we don't do it at all. Why? Because we're Americans. We're not American Indians. We live here now. The land was conquered by our forefathers, and we can acknowledge that they may have been cruel in what they did, but we're not giving the land back. Why? Because we are superior. Yes, we are a stronger people. We are a more advanced people. The Western civilization, British, India, British, Spanish and French who came over and fought the American Indians had things called firearms as opposed to bows and arrows. They had big ships. They were a more advanced group of people. And today we are more advanced than what they were. And there's no shame in that. They want you to feel a sort of shame and they are bogged down in shame, except they're not really. Ben and Jerry's, they have the luxury of money behind which they can say these things. And they sold out a long time ago to a bigger corporation anyway. They get to say these things knowing that the land will not be given back. Ben and Jerry's isn't going first, are they? They're not giving up their land, are they? Nor are they putting really their money where their mouth is, are they? They just want to be able to say these things. It's a type of virtue signaling of the left to show their superiority, their recognition of their white privilege and their white guilt. And they want the rest of you to feel it as well. I I'm sorry, I don't feel it. Have you been to an American Indian reservation out West? Now, they would have you believe, well, yes, the these American Indian reservations, many of these American Indian tribes weren't native there like the Cherokee were from Georgia. Well, uh, I, I, I don't see any cities that the Cherokees built before... Andrew Jackson did his horrible trail of tears. I, I, I don't see any advanced technological system that they have. I, I, I don't see it. Historically, it's not there. The story of the entire world is that more advanced civilizations tend to take over lesser advanced civilizations. This happened to happen in this country, but there is a fundamental difference. Many of those who came here were victims of persecution in Europe, and they came here, and you can say they persecuted others. Maybe they did. But in many cases, they also bought the land, and in many cases, they actually lived peaceably with the Native American Indian tribes that were here. And in fact, if you know anything about the French Indian War, both sides went to war with allied Indian tribes. In other words, it's far more complicated than what the left wishes it to be. 
What the left wishes is for this country to go away. They wish for the dissolution of the United States of America. And why is that? Because they transactionally are not getting from this country what they want, which is absolute power against the rest of us. That ultimately, at the end of the day, is what this is all about. The left wants power. They want the power to annihilate those they disagree with. They want the power to repudiate the ideals of the United States of America. They want the power to censor others. When given the power, the people in charge never actually do it. I mean, you got a bunch of wokes in Congress. You had Barack Obama's president. The Democrats controlled Congress for two years, both houses. Did they give land back to the American Indians? No, the hell they did not. They didn't even solve the, the, the migrant problem at the border. They just did Obamacare. They could have done these things, but the people in charge won't do these things. They won't do these things because these things would be impractical and insane, and there's no logical basis for doing so. The left just wants a grievance because they don't like this country. They blame America first. They see America as the, as the cause of all the ills of the world. And they have concocted this mythology in their head that this land was a peaceful Eden before the white man from Europe showed up and started conquering everything. We did not conquer the land, or we did not steal the land. We conquered the land. There was no theft. We either bought it or we took it by force, and we're not giving it back because the civilization we've built is far superior than the civilization that was here, and the civilization those people would have built probably not nearly as good as the civilization we have. And the people who say we need to give back the land have the luxury of being able to say give back the land because of the civilization we built and the powers and freedoms of speech we give. They have the luxury of the rights given by this land to hate this land, and that's actually kind of the problem with these people is they don't recognize or are ashamed of how great we actually are. Our sin is not the color of our skin or that we took the land. Our sin to these people is that we're actually really awesome. God bless the United States of America. We won't be giving any land back. Hello, it's Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Uh, not a lot of people calling today, which is fine if you want to get in. Uh, we can loosen up so you can get in, but I've got a lot to talk about anyway. Uh, in fact, I want to talk about this piece from Jill Lawrence. Jill Lawrence is a political writer, uh, editor, uh, opinion writer. She was uh, covered national politics for the USA uh, Today and the Associated Press and a managing editor for politics at National Journal. And she writes this. Despite the promises of America's founding documents, of course, she wrote this at MSNBC. Despite the promises of America's founding documents, on Independence Day 2023, justice, the general welfare, equal protection of the laws, and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are all at risk. The Supreme Court, conservative governors, and gerrymandered state legislatures are racing to shrink fundamental rights and freedoms enabled and empowered by structural inequities built into the Constitution. The result is that tens of millions of Americans are being deprived of rights that other Americans have. 
The scale of the disparity is frightening and growing, taking us ever further from America's founding ideal that all men are created equal and its continuing journey toward equal rights for all. The marquee setback came last year with the Dobbs decision, which erased a constitutional right that had been in place for half a century. A constitutional right, I might add, that a court put in place, not the Constitution, not the founders. A year later, free to do as they please, 14 states banned abortion and a 15th banned it after six weeks of pregnancy. At the same time, 20 states where abortion is legal added protections over the past year. While abortion is a particularly stark example of the democracy divide, U.S. courts and state legislatures are advancing inequality of rights in countless other ways. From the decision allowing a prospective wedding website designer to refuse services to a hypothetical same-sex couple, and removing race from the many factors colleges use to assemble student bodies, to states' decisions to restrict medical care for trans people, discussion of gay issues in court classrooms. The point here is that this woman was an editor and a political reporter and is just a quintessentially progressive writer whose thinking does not expand outside the progressive thought bubble. Why should we believe anyone in the news when this woman is typical of that sort of stuff? It's nonsense. What's not nonsense is Americans for Prosperity that pushes back on this nonsense and, in fact, was uh, responsible for some of the great Supreme Court victories this year for the right. They want you to be on their team. They want you to be one of their activists. They want to train you to be an effective grassroots activist for free markets and free people. And all you got to do is go to AmericansforProsperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K, AmericansforProsperity.org slash Eric. Go sign up with them today. They've got 36 state chapters. They're growing in the other states. They've got over 4 million activists already. They teach you how to show up at your local school board or city council, be an effective advocate for common sense reforms, how to talk to your state legislator, even how to knock on the door of your neighbor and explain why limited government approaches are the best. They've got over 300 legislative victories in this cycle of legislative sessions alone. They are highly effective, but they need you to be more effective. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Go sign up today. Well, that's a good intro here because I'm probably going to make a lot of you mad right now. All my new old list, I, I got hate mail from somebody from Greenville, South Carolina this morning. Hurt my feelings. Some some crotchety old guy. I uh, it, it, it's it's funny the the way people will send you. So somebody's been signing me up for um, appointments at a Walgreens, and I don't know what Walgreens it is, but I keep getting these rejections. First, it was in my name, and then it was like insulting names, and then ultimately it was like uh, Putin will win, you fat so and so, and stuff like that. Uh, the the things people do to try to get under your skin, I just if they knew my personality, I laugh at all of it. Uh, this crotchety old guy from I've been listening to you since you started on WORD in Greenville and you're nothing. You're no Rush Limbaugh, blah, blah, blah. Thank God I'm not. You know, Rush was actually a really dear friend of mine and I never wanted to be like, well, I started out wanting to be like Rush and, and we would chat about it. He's like, you're never going to be as good as me. So be yourself. So when people tell me you're no Rush Limbaugh, that's actually high praise to me because that was one of the conversations he and I had. It's just, it's funny though, the way that, man, you don't tell people what they want to hear. They get mad at you. I'm about to tell you what you do not want to hear. And some of you are going to get very mad at me. In 2020, the election did not go the way Trump and his supporters wanted. A friend of mine who's in Congress, he describes it this way. And I, I like this phrasing. He says it was stolen fair and square. 
Now, what he means by that is uh, I was an elections lawyer, and I can tell you the rule is you do not change the rules in the middle of an election. But that's exactly what happened in 2020. Uh, Taking advantage of COVID, uh, the Democrats in a number of states were able to change the rules for how the election was conducted. And they adapted very quickly to those new rules, and the Republicans did not. Part of the problem is that the Republicans had alienated their top lawyers. Ben Ginsburg, for example, was one of the top Republican election lawyers in the nation. Trump hated him. He hated Trump. He refused to help. And a lot of the C&D team were just DUI lawyers who didn't know what the hell they were doing. And so Democrats, they stole the election fair and square. You may not like it, but a lot of the crazy conspiracy crap that Republicans cite, like the Dominion voter machines or what happened in Fulton County, they've never even been able to show in court to Trump-appointed judges that there was fraud there. If you want to say the election was stolen and you mean, well, the Democrats changed the rules in the middle of the election, well, yes, okay, you can say that plausibly. That's legit. They did. In many cases, they added drop boxes, and who came up with the drop box idea? The Trump administration. But the whole point of saying the election was stolen and, and it was rigged and the Dominion voter system machines threw the election was Trump lost power and his side lost power. And they didn't like losing, and so they decided to delegitimize the entirety of the process. And you have now Sidney Powell, uh, who has been um, had Rule 11 sanctions applied to her in, in one court because of some of the wackadoo claims she made. This morning came word that the lawyer Lynn Wood has now been essentially forcibly retired from the practice of law. He said, uh, I'll retire if you don't disbar me. So he has retired from practicing law. There are consequences to the lies. Whether you want to believe the election was sold or not, the Dominion voter system nonsense was always nonsense. It was always about delegitimizing an election that was lost and the sore losers didn't want to acknowledge their loss of power. So they had to come up with a way to claim they didn't actually lose. They were cheated out of it. I bring that up specifically not to needle you or antagonize you. But who are the chief lecturers and pushback people against the whole stolen election stuff? The news media and the left who are doing the exact same thing now about the Supreme Court for the exact same reason. Things didn't go their way. And so they want to delegitimize. These are two sides of the same coin. The difference is that, yes, January 6th was bad, and people stormed into the Capitol to try to stop Congress from dealing with the Electoral College. However, it wasn't successful. However, on the left, they provoked a mass assassination attempt of Republican members of Congress with James Hodgkinson and the attempted assassination of Brett Kavanaugh, a Supreme Court justice. Not only that... The Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, has patently refused to enforce a federal law that prohibits protesting outside the homes of federal judges. Refused to enforce that law so progressive abortion agitators could protest outside the homes of conservative justices. This is a thing that this administration has done. Far more dangerous than January 6th. January 6th, bad. This even worse. They actually attempted to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. They attempted the mass assassination of Republican members of Congress over the left-wing delegitimization rhetoric. 
people are going to get killed. And they keep talking about violence on the right. It's these assassins on the left who are the violent ones. What what Trump and his team did in 2020, it didn't go their way, and so they had to delegitimize the electoral processes of the country so that his supporters would firmly believe the election was stolen. Now, I don't believe it was stolen. I don't in part because I am an election lawyer, and yes, I did go through the Dinesh D'Souza billion mules nonsense, thoroughly helped debunk a lot of it, by the way. Uh, But yet the left has CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times and USA Today and the Washington Post uh, supporting their ProPublica nonsense. The ProPublica stories about the justices of the Supreme Court are no more credible than Dinesh D'Souza's mule documentary. It's all a bunch of hooey. It's all a bunch of fabricated allegations, stringing things together that aren't actually related, trying to make it into something, uh, trying to manufacture an appearance of impropriety where there is no actual appearance of impropriety, all to delegitimize the United States Supreme Court for not giving them what they want. They blast Republicans for claiming an election was stolen when it wasn't. They're doing the same damn thing to the United States Supreme Court, and they've done it to the Senate as well. They've claimed the Senate is illegitimate. They've claimed the Senate should be delegitimized because it's not representative of democracy, because small states can obstruct big states. Never mind that's what the founders intended, because we are a republic, not a democracy. We're at least not a direct democracy. We're a representative democracy in the process of our republic. The left can't get their way from the Supreme Court. Now, progressives will say, well, it was a five to four Supreme Court and we weren't getting our ways, except you got Obergefell, you got KCV Planned Parenthood, you got Bostock that gave transgender uh, Title VII right uh, discrimination claims. You got a lot from a 5-4 Supreme Court. You're not getting as much from a 6-3 Supreme Court. You got the Alabama redistricting case that led to a Louisiana issue, a North Carolina issue, probably a Georgia issue as well, but you didn't get 303 creative. You didn't get the affirmative action case, and now you got to burn it all down to delegitimize it. You're no better than the people you say discredit the election. You are them. What is notable, and again, this is why what the left is doing is more dangerous than anything Donald Trump and his supporters ever did. You you have all these people on television, uh, anchors on television, some of whom are my friends, who are furious that CNN allowed Donald Trump a front-running candidate for president and former president of the United States, to have a town hall on CNN. They're furious that they allowed Donald Trump on. But the same people who are furious about the platforming of Donald Trump have platformed a bunch of legal analysts to try to delegitimize the United States Supreme Court. These same people who bring on the analysts to talk about worry in reports from the Department of Homeland Security about possible white supremacists and Trump supporter assassins in America causing violence and disharmony in the country and potentially increasing the likelihood of death threats against members of Congress. These are the exact same people who have incentivized, emboldened, and empowered James Hodgkinson to attempt the mass assassination of Republican members of Congress and turned a largely blind eye to a would-be assassin of Brett Kavanaugh and never decided to hold the Attorney General of the United States uh, to any sort of accountability for refusing to enforce federal law against protests at justices' homes. Now, I'm sorry, but if you're going to lecture the right about January 6th and delegitimizing elections, you sure should be doing the same thing to the left trying to delegitimize the United States Supreme Court. The latest, of course, is the 303 creative case 
where they are claiming that a fabricated complaint came in, which led to the case. So if you haven't heard the story, uh, one of the, the, the proof texts of 303 Creative, if you will, is Lori Smith, the owner, filed her case. And a few days, a day later, actually got a request to build a site for a gay wedding. And it turns out that the name attached and the contact information attached is to a man who was already married to a woman in, I think, Washington State. So we don't know who filed the request. What the left wants you to believe is that Lori Smith and her team made it up. Have a hard time believing they would take a married heterosexual male from Washington and use his information. But more importantly, the case was already filed. The case had already proceeded. Neither the Supreme Court nor the Court of Appeals nor the District Court actually cared about this request for a website for gay marriage. It had no bearing on the case at all. And yet the left now, with help from the media, is trying to suggest that the plaintiff, Lori Smith, and Alliance Defending Freedom, her lawyers, made this up and instigated it to get the Supreme Court to do this. They're trying to completely discredit the 303 creative case. They're trying to undermine the legitimacy of the ruling. They can't even honestly talk about what the ruling held, let alone try to justify it. They're trying to undermine it all because they want to delegitimize a Supreme Court that transactionally is giving them less than they've gotten in the last generation. There's no difference between the stolen election people and the people on the left who want to delegitimize the Senate and the Supreme Court, it's all about power. For all these people, it's about power. If you don't get the power you want, if you don't get the power you expect, you've got to delegitimize those institutions depriving you of power. For one, it's the Electoral College and the institutions of the states that govern elections. For the other, it's the Supreme Court and the United States Senate. It's about their power. And the left is far more dangerous when it comes to doing this because the left has the institutions of the mainstream media. The left has the New York Times and CNN and ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, The Washington Post, USA Today to peddle their mythologies and advance their claims to delegitimize those institutions. They all turn against Trump. Trump and his supporters for delegitimizing the election. They all lecture them on how the election wasn't stolen. They all refuse to put those voices on television, but they platform all of the voices who want to delegitimize the institutions of our republic on behalf of the left. And they themselves are the ones who have incited the mass assassination attempts on Republicans and a would-be assassin on Brett Kavanaugh, and they will not hold themselves accountable. They will not suggest that maybe they've gone too far. They want to lecture Donald Trump and be upset about CNN putting him on TV while well, they put on the nuts on the left who want to delegitimize these institutions and provoke assassins against them. The left's delegitimization of government is far more dangerous with lasting consequence than January 6th because they use the institutions of the free press in America to advance their wackadoo claims, and none of them have any sort of uh, humility or insight into the fact that that's what they're doing. They refuse to acknowledge it. So all of their lectures about January 6th and the horrors of people who claim the election were stolen should fall on deaf ears when all of them are complicit in doing the same to both the Supreme Court and the United States Senate because they're not giving the left their way. Let's clean the air with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm on this one. You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. What you do is you go to the website, EdenPureDeals.com, and you'll be greeted with a discount code box on the front page. You put in ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. 
You will save $200. You'll get them for less than $200. You'll get three of them and get free shipping. One for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement or your RV or your travel bag. They wipe out noxious odors. So you got a dead animal in the wall. It'll wipe out the odors of the dead animals left. You got a uh, cooking odor in your kitchen. It'll wipe those out. Smoke odors, litter box odors, pet odors. It eliminates those odors. I travel with one. I can hold it in my hand. It's small. If I'm in a hotel and it's musty or I have a rental car that stinks because someone was smoking in it, I can plug it into a wall or with a USB cord in a car. It just wipes out the odors. EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Wow, they're already calling off the hunt at the White House. Law enforcement saying, eh, we'll probably never be able to figure out who the cocaine belonged to because it was in an area where visitors come and go all the time. Even if there were surveillance cameras, unless you're waving around, it might not be caught. It's a bit of a thoroughfare. People are through there all the time. The uniformed division officer of the Secret Service found the cocaine Sunday night at 6 p.m. None of the Biden family members were there, so it's probably not related to Hunter, but somebody. All right, 877-973-7425. Dwayne, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Uh, Hi, Eric. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I want to let you know I I retired today, (laughs) so it's a big day for me. Good for you. I turned in my equipment this morning. Anyway, now, so I wanted to ask you, but I never had time to, to, to hold, but I wanted to ask, I am just astonished by the whole concept of teaching gender identity at such an early age. We never had children, I guess, so I don't have any direct knowledge of, you know, or direct experience with this. But when I grew up, somebody that talked to a, a little kid about their gender identity and said, don't tell your folks about this. Those people should go to jail, right? Yes. And just because you call them a teacher doesn't seem to me that makes it right. So can you tell me who in the world said this was okay in the first place and how did it get started? And, you know, Barney <laughs> with the, you know, oh, the, that's a long rainbow, and right? winding that. road. Uh, Dwayne, so uh, first of all, congratulations on the retirement. Now, I, I can't tell you precisely where it started, although it began in academia and uh, as all bad ideas tend to, and it spilled over into the education union establishments in really just the last 10 years or so, uh, where suddenly there became this belief that um, you essentially were born gay or straight, but you got to decide whether you were a boy or a girl. And it, it, it became very mainstream on the left in only the last five years or so as they've embraced the idea of critical theory and critical theory being uh, that you have your truth, I have my truth, there's no such thing as truth, and we can use our words to form our reality, and whoever controls the words controls reality. Uh, critical theory came from the late 70s from a French a philosopher who actually himself, I believe, was a pedophile uh, and has just taken over on the left. And it's given rise to the idea of intersectionality, uh, which is a way to see the power constructs of the world based on race, sex, gender, disability, religion, uh, things like that. And so this has all manifested itself very rapidly in the past few years into this idea of gender identity. The concept itself has been around for some time that, well, not all boys play with pickup trucks and not all girls wear dresses. But it used to be that you were a tomboy. Um, may, maybe, maybe you were a feminine guy. 
Uh, but over time, the left embraced this to explain transgenderism. And ultimately, it is derived from the elimination of womanhood. If you pay attention to the language here, they define um, what it means to be a woman based on what it means to be a man and what it means to not be a man these days. They've eliminated womanhood. I'll explain a little more on the other side of the break. Right now, i got to tell you about Omaha Steaks. Uh, you got to go get their gourmet grill pack. You missed it for the fourth, but you can still grill. Look, it's the season of grilling. It's summer. I'm going to be grilling chicken tonight from Omaha Steaks, no less. You can, too. You go to omahasteaks.com and you put Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar. You get the gourmet grill pack. You get bacon wrap fillets. You get the chicken breast that I'm cooking tonight. You get the pork chops. You get caramel apple tartlets. They will even give you eight of their burgers for free, the Omaha Steak Burgers. They're a blended burger. They are not just your standard ground chuck fare. They are a beefy, tender flavor. They do great on the grill. The caramel apple tartlets, tartlets my wife loves them. They're They're handmade. At Omaha Steaks, they're like little individually wrapped um, apple pies. My wife pulls one out when she needs something sweet, and that's what she gets. She loves them. You can, too. You go to omahasteaks.com. You put Eric in the search bar. You save over 60% on this package. It comes to your door with 100% satisfaction guarantee, all from omahasteaks.com. 